Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. Welcome to Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Ben Bateman, on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online movie network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm joined today by my excellent, my lovely, my exceptionally well-dressed co-host, Mr. Andrew Guy. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Dear Andrew, I like your tie. Dear Ben, <laughs> thank you for doing the show this week. So guys, if you can't tell, we are doing Con Air, and we have a special guest to help us do Con Air. The first time on the show, Miss Yale, is it Tigadil? It's Teagle. Teagle. it. Teagle. Yale Teagle. Thanks for that. Yeah. Hi guys. I'm so excited. I'm freaking love this movie. We wanted to have you on the show for so long. Yeah. For so long. And then when she said she wanted to do Con Air, I was like, yes, we're doing it. We're doing it now. This movie is debatably your favorite movie of all time. Like, I know Gladiator's actually your favorite yeah. movie, but like, in, a, in like an alternate like universe where you had a couple drinks and you get right. excited and you're like, you're not gonna, you're just like, Con Air's <laughs> my favorite movie ever. Like, <laughs> you mean last night? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I absolutely adore this movie. I love this movie. It's and really good. Every, every time I watch it, I'm like, I, it's still the same. It's yeah. still the same as when I was a kid. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's fantastic. Like, and watching it again for me, because this is... A lot of these movies we do on this show. By the way, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We are doing the movie Con Air. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, we're, we're just so going to give excited. a little prerequisite. But uh, a lot of the movies we do on this show, I find, I have this wonderful memory of them from growing up. And I see them on cable so constantly. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we've worked in bars for years on and off. So, you know, the TVs are always on. And after 9 o'clock, when there's no more sports, you always go to cable. Cable TV, oh, like always. cable movies. How many times has Con Air been on that I've seen 20 or 30 minutes of it? Countless, countless numbers of times. Yeah. So it's it's one of those movies where, like, sitting down to watch the whole thing again, I'm just sort of reminded, like, I remember now the last time I watched the whole movie and how hilarious so much of it is. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. They're, like, because you guys all know we have our favorite line of the movie, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, that, that line's so good. It's good. Like, five minutes later, oh, my gosh, that line's so Every good. Every line yeah. in this movie oh, look, is here's the trailer. so we, funny. Are we got the trailer, trailer now? All right, yeah, 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 it's fine. Let's do it. Cool, we'll keep talking. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I mean, I the reason I love this movie so much is because I... Every time I'm watching TV and I'm just flipping through the channels, like, oh, I need something to watch. Yeah. It's on. I'm like, oh, I'm going to sit and watch Con Air again. Even though I've seen it and I know what happens and I and I remember it. It's not like I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened. No, yeah. I'm going to sit and rewatch it over and over and over again. Right. And I can't help it. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It, yeah. It's also really funny, too. Like, And we'll get to this when we, when we talk star profiles. But just like seeing Nick Cage <laughs> and like where he was in his <laughs> career. Yeah, yeah. It's right here. There's <laughs> Just everything about this movie, I mean, I'll save it for my thesis statement, but I mean, it's pretty incredible to like 1997, this movie, the actors involved, everything about it, it's it's so indicative of the genre. Yeah. I mean, maybe more so than any other movie ever, like of the 1990s action movie genre. Mm -hmm. Right. I was toying with this as a thesis, but I think I'm going to go with something else. Okay. But uh, maybe I'll use it. I don't know. Um, 
Anyway, you guys enjoyed watching the movie, I take it. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I could literally always. watch this movie once a week, and I would always be happy. Fantastic. I think there was a good two months where I did, because for whatever reason, it was on every night. Right. I was like, well, I guess I'll watch it again. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. this is one of the all-time, like, cable always yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's also, like, a, a pretty fantastic trailer, and, like, I feel like this was the this was the peak of, of Bruckheimer. Like, this was yeah. sort of, like, the... Because like, like a couple other things afterwards that were notable. I mean, like Pirates of the Caribbean. The whole Pirates franchise, yeah. obviously, is pretty pretty impressive, and and definitely like Gone in sixty seconds. I love the death, but mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of like his run and just the epic quality of the yes. run, the yeah. mid nineties was just out of control, and like this ninety seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's pretty fantastic. Um, before we do move on and get into you know our, our appraisal of the the trailer and whatnot, guys. Uh, you, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you are downloading on iTunes or you're watching on YouTube. Your comments and your input mean the world to us. And it also helps us keep doing the show to stay high in the ratings, et cetera, et cetera. So please uh, review us on iTunes, comment on YouTube, follow me, Yell, or Andrew on Twitter if you want to interact while you're watching the show. Uh, I can't live tweet at you, but I will literally pick my phone up as soon as we're done. And if you've tweeted me something about the show, I'll tweet back at you immediately. You can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, at Andrew Guy, and I do have the uh, chat open right now for on YouTube. So if you're commenting, I'll do my best to respond. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And yep. I'm at Yell Teagle. As your necklace says. As my necklace says, for those who are oh, watching. look at that. It's very clever. It's That's my awesome. Twitter handle. Where's my necklace, Ben? I don't know. show for a while. I didn't make Yell her necklace. I know you made the necklace. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have been a great gift. Yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm a fan of yours. I made you this necklace. <laughs> I'm not a stalker. I'm not a stalker. Not uh, at all. My fans have given me weirder things. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you have Yell TV. Yeah. You have Yell TV. Yes, I do. Where can the people find that? Yeah. At Y-A-E-L dot TV. Oh, excellent. TV. Look at that. <laughs> Check yeah. it out. Fantastic. So, guys, what we do here to start the show out uh, after we've watched the trailer, which we just did, mm-hmm. is we share our thesis statement. So it's sort of like a bold statement. The way we like to do this is it has to be something strong. It can't be something wishy-washy. It can't be I feel this, that, or the other. It has to be this is or or this is the greatest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and then we will share our favorite lines. If you guys have yours that you want to share with us, fist bump moments, thesis statements, again, tweet, comment. I'm going to start with uh, our guest, with Yell. What <laughs> You're do you think? You're going to hate me so much. I don't know. I don't know. All right. This is the movie that changed everything for Nicolas Cage. If his career is a bell curve, this is the absolute <laughs> top. Because right after this, right before this was The Rock and Leaving Las Vegas, great, great movies. This movie hit. Great movie. And then he did Face Off. Also good movie. We're still up at the top. Sure. City of Angels. Snake Eyes. And then we City go of Angels. down. Snake Eyes? <laughs> then we go down Take Millimeter and Gone 60 Seconds. And then... The Family Man, which is when he hit rock bottom. Family Man's fantastic. That's, something, that's a critically acclaimed film. Uh-huh. I love that movie. Have you ever seen The Weatherman, 06? That's like one of my favorite movies of all time. All right. <laughs> I do love I The Weatherman, and I also love The Family Man. I also have to like take I have to take offense to like just your your like <laughs> your estimation of like so many of those movies are so like off, like they're just off the wall. Like The Rock is one of my favorite movies ever, like ever, no question. But calling The Rock a good movie in the same sentence as Leaving whoa, Las whoa, Vegas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> The Rock is a great movie. It's a great movie, <laughs> but like saying that he's doing good work, like he did Leaving Las Vegas, and then he did The Rock, and then he did Con Air. Like they're great in their own right, all different. But like, no, like if he was if he was going off a cliff, then it was starting <laughs> with The Rock and Con Air because he won an Oscar for no, playing a dying yeah, alcoholic. Yes, yes, the Rock. I, I want to say this is the this is the 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 moment that splits it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, like, a few years earlier, like, I, I feel like his career prior to winning the Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas, well, we'll get into this with Star Profiles, I don't want to, I don't want right. to harp on it too hard. Yeah, that's my thesis. I appreciate the enthusiasm, <laughs> I can't necessarily say you're wrong, I just love the family, man. Andrew, what do you got? Um, I, 
I think this is the best worst movie of all time for me. Oh, like a good bad Ooh. movie. Like a great bad movie. It's so bad and it's so good. Like <laughs> I love this movie so like I, every line is like a favorite line. Yeah. Right. And the action's good. The acting is like not it's not good. Right. Like Nicolas Cage won an Academy Award two years before this yeah. for one of my favorite performances that he's ever done. Probably my favorite. Yeah. It's really it's good. It's incredible. Yep. And then he goes and does this. <laughs> he traveled to Mobile, Alabama to, to perfect the to, accent. To perfect, to perfect the, the accent. accent. Oh, it's the worst. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, it's like Trisha Poe. Yeah, Trisha Poe. <laughs> I was saying earlier that any scene with him and Monica Parter, I'm like, no. Yeah. Nope, I can't. I can't take it seriously. He's Just like listening it. to babies. Like, but can't you see I'm in the middle of something right now? <laughs> you want me to miss Alabama? There's, I mean, like there are so many good moments though, and that's the thing is like yeah. I, I would agree with you as far as it being the best good bad movie. It's sort of like so. We talk about Tom Cruise on the show constantly, right? We talk about him all the time because I we promised the yeah. viewers we we're not going to talk about him this week. Well, the reason that we talk about him so <laughs> much lie. is obviously because he has this like iconic quality, this sort of uh, we'll even say enigmatic quality, where it's right. hard to figure out what makes Cruise Cruise or why. Mm-hmm. I would say that, and this is obviously why they're two of my favorites. Nick Cage has a similarly weird quality. It's just that his career went off a cliff, yeah. but in his prime, when he was doing it and he was still like making huge, he was top billing. He had the same sort of thing where you were just like. How do you just keep making these movies right. that make so much money and you're still kind of like you can still sell a movie like you're a good actor and we see you come through sometimes, you know, he does a bunch of bad movies, then he does like adaptation. Right. And he right. does a bunch of bad movies, he does Bad Lieutenant Port of New Orleans. It's right. Like, Lord of Lord of War, like things like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Or we see these movies that he comes you, out with. Have you given up on Nick Cage? No. Me neither. I still love him to Even pieces. though he does like the worst <laughs> movies <laughs> ever. Yeah. Now and like every time you see it, what is that? What is that movie that he just did with uh, Hayden Christensen? Oh, uh, the, the blade. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I am the white ghost. <laughs> the blade. Be, the blood be spilled with our swords. We'll be on our blades. Yes. Yeah, what's, it's, like, what are you doing, man? It's called. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, yeah. The trailer. If you guys, well, I can't think what it's called. I wish I could remember what it's called. Honestly, trailer, if you look at a movie with Hayden Christensen, and it's probably gonna be like one of the only things he's done in the last five years. <laughs> yeah, it, the trailer for this movie was like I was off my chair laughing. Like it's, yeah, you sent it to me immediately. Yeah, I couldn't even. I know. <laughs> No, I didn't send it to you. I we made were, you watch it yeah, with me. Right. right. And I would refuse to tell you what you were watching because when he first shows up and he says, I am the white ghost, like, I wanted you to fall I off your chair. It. I and did. you did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that good. I gotta um, see this movie. Yeah, it's, the trailer's pretty sweet. So, uh, so what is your, uh, what is your bold statement, Benjamin? Well, okay, so I had my initial thought, right? <laughs> which was, which was that I do think, I think this movie is the most indicative film of 90s action movies ever made. That's not, that's a, that's a great statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason, I had another one on the way over here that I actually liked it better, and it'll probably come to me in the context of the show at some point, and I'll mm-hmm. just use it as a point, but the reason I say that is because if you think about the three guys, the three top build guys in this movie... Right. Cusack, Malkovich... Or, yeah. Cusack, Cusack Malkovich, Malkovich Cage. Cage. At their best, none of those three guys are supposed to be action movie stars. No. At their best, all three of those guys are supposed to be Oscar-nominated or winning dramatic set pieces in movies that are good. Like, they're all talented, extremely talented actors. Yes. Capable of winning Oscars. Yeah. So, when you think about the fact that in the late 90s... This movie's so good. (laughs) The culture had evolved in such a way that the best actors in the world wanted to star in Bruckheimer movies with, like, nothing scripts. They were completely invested. They were like, look... I want to be in the next The Rock because everybody saw that and loved it. Right. Whereas, like, nowadays when an A-list star is in a movie like this, it's because they're over the hill and they're trying to take a paycheck. You don't see, like, 
Con Air comes out starring like Ryan Gosling. He doesn't right. do that. You don't see Con Air coming out starring like Tom Hardy. You know, those those quality up and coming young heartthrob actors who are talented like this, yeah. they don't do movies like this. They did in the nineties. They yeah. they were able to get the best actors for whatever reason. It just was the culture at the time. It was yeah, it was what yeah. people wanted to see. It's what people like love. John fucking Malgovich. The guy's like a <laughs> phenomenal actor. Like yeah. better actor than any of the three, really. Well, this is the thing we talked about. It's like with Philip Seymour Hoffman. When yeah. you take an Academy Award winning actor, literally winning leading man the year before, and you throw him in a movie like this. I mean, Mission Impossible 3 is obviously much better than this movie. Yeah. But it's the it's taking these guys that could literally do anything they wanted. Yeah. At all in Hollywood, any movie, any yeah, and they do this hundred well, percent. I think that you know, in um, How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, Simon Pegg has the quote. He says, "I think Con Air is the best movie ever because you have you know, yeah, um, Malkovich for the acting and uh, uh, Cage for the comedy." Oh, right, yeah. and I was like. Th- I was gonna write that quote as my thesis there. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is great. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's, I mean, it's just, it's really like fascinating when you think about like how maligned this movie is, how much people joke about it. Right. And then you think about the people involved and you really try to take them out of the con, out of context and you're just, you're looking at this like, it's this, these weird rose colored glasses because it starts to, it starts to definitely turn in the next five or six years right. where it wasn't happening so much. And now in the straight to video revolution that we're in, like, Actors with cachet like those three would never do a movie like this. No, mm-hmm. no. Like so, at that time in their career. Yeah, unless it was like Michael Mann doing this movie. Right. At which point you're like, well, okay, yeah, maybe it's going to be like an awesome, awesome, you know, but yeah. not Simon West. Do you guys know about? Well, we'll get to that. In a <laughs> uh, I hate to do this. Uh, did we talk about our rules? Oh, I forgot so to kindly reminded it. me by calling. What does it say here? The rules of this podcast are fucking bullshit. So I was like, oh, we didn't talk about our rules this week. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should talk about it. That's excellent. Um, yes. Yeah, so guys, we have four rules. And as we do the show, the movies that we do are supposed to fit these four rules. And I, I do find that more and more, it feels like we, we skip outside of it. Yeah, we but do. They're, they're kind of a guideline more than rules, we'll say. More actual guidelines. Yeah, more guidelines than yeah. rules. <laughs> but uh, the four that we like to use are that the hero is always someone who plays by their own rules. Yep. The hero and the villain are always the smartest people and or creatures or dinosaurs or aliens or whatever in the room. The hero is always a police, military, or political figure. Right. And lastly, there's at least one explosion. Now, this movie, I think, hits it dead on the head. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, perfect. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, like, almost one of those movies that we made the rules around. Yeah, because Malkovich is definitely the smartest guy in the room. Oh, yeah. I remember when he was a kid and he's, like, pulling that, like, needle out of his hand. I was like, oh, my Gosh, this is so cool. That's, yeah. not, what, that's not what I sounded like as a kid. <laughs> but that's how I felt. No. We eat these Cheetos. <laughs> it was absolutely disgusting, Fine. but also awesome. Yeah, yes. right. No, it's, and, and then like Dave Chappelle with like the yeah. gasoline. Oh, yeah. oh. It was genius. Yeah, it's great. It was like so in the cunning. 90s, this was like, oh my gosh, this is all genius. They were so cunning. Yes. Nobody ever would have seen it coming. Never. Cyrus the virus is able to just like have like a disintegrating like the wall. corner of his <laughs> yeah. cell. Like no, he doesn't like, it's not like his cell ever gets sweeped. Nope. You know, he's just going to have like a, like a freaking library on how to build an airplane behind the wall. bomb too. Yeah. Back there. Incredible. Cause yeah. he's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> He like the the villain requisite the, like the, so the villain prerequisites in this movie like we call them villain qualifiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know he spent seven years in a Siberian right, prison, right. killed twelve Green Berets. He's the li- like that kind of stuff. They're so good in this movie. Oh, they're great. It's like the it's like every time they talk about a villain, they're like. Like here's a Billy Bedlam, yeah, Cyrus Billy Bedlam, the virus. Yeah, <laughs> Cyrus the virus. So I mean, they have an entire sequence of just, hey, they, we're going to qualify yeah. all of those. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is how just bad here. everyone yeah, is. Look how exciting it is. They're talking to Denzel for the movie. Like, it's so sweet. <laughs> really, the worst guy in the movie, the baddest guy is Billy Bedlam. I feel like, the, like the baddest, like he's the most badass, like like the like the, the baddest person, the worst villain. But he's like the first to go. Well, I, he is. But no. I just mean like he's 
pure evil. I no, disagree. Buscemi's, Buscemi's the, supposed no, to be. No, he's the he's he's redemption. He's redeemed. Oh, so I want to talk about. He doesn't that. kill the girl when he walks away with the the doll. With the yeah, doll. and he doesn't kill the girl because you see her waving as they fly right. away. Sure, and he's like playing craps in Vegas at the end of the movie. There Sorry. are no, there are like forums online discussing his whole story arc, and that is he. Is it that he's redeemed at the end that he see you know he decides to be good or whatever? And I I'm like no, I think he just let that girl live, right? Because <laughs> he was like I'm gonna let this girl live. I'm gonna kill someone else. Yeah. And then he he's free in Vegas. I don't think he's saved. I don't think I he's do. Better. This and is every- a character who says this is a character who says I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. One girl I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. Yeah. To which Cage responds, "It's my daughter's birthday today, <laughs> so feel please feel free not to share everything with me." <laughs> Right, like, that's not. Like, two guys go saved. down, one comes up. He's <laughs> great. I he, I think it's Billy Bedlam. I think he's he's evil. He's the baddest baddie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. To let's our, uh, our... let's get into fist bump. Yeah. So uh, guys, again, uh, I'm sorry if you feel these rules are effing BS, but uh, <laughs> we 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 do like to share our fist bump moment here. What we do with the fist bump moment is this is kind of the moment where you're sitting on the couch. In fact. I was sitting on the couch this morning watching the film and paused it after the initial sequence, which is my fist pump moment, to run into the other room to be like, tell my roommate, like, God, I hadn't watched this movie in a while. <laughs> right. The whole way through. And this opening sequence is so sweet. So, like, that is de- the definition of fist pump, is you want to share how much you're enjoying it with someone and you mm-hmm. wish someone was around you so you could look at it and be like, yes! Uh, something that happens. Yeah. And so my fist pump moment is, in fact, the opening sequence. The... the Dear, dear Casey, dear Casey, I miss you so much. And like, he's like those pink, like just everything he says in the scene. He's doing like he's doing like yoga and like pull ups and like staying jacked and like all of it is just so. He, he's like, I'm a changed man. I'm learning. I'm learning Spanish. The scene where he's actually speaking Spanish. You're like, they, you see the book and you're like, please tell me Nick Cage is going to be speaking Spanish in his mobile Alabama accent. Oh, and then he does. so good. It's so good. Um, yeah. Yo, yo soy yo pantalones or something like he's Like he's just... I mean, that's not what he says. But anyway, it's fantastic. I love that Brian, a good, a good, a big fan of the show, Brian Hurst, goes, uh, Bissemi totally went on a murdering spree as soon as he left the craps table. Yeah. I don't think so. I uh, think he's I changed. Think he's not saved. Piece of trivia, I believe, and let Cork me wrong here, but I believe Buscemi's uh, craps dealer at the casino is the writer of the film. Oh, really? Oh. Ferguson. Yeah, or I no, Ferguson. So. Uh, uh, no, it's uh, Oh, yeah, no, Ferguson. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, so let's. Rosenberg. Scott yeah, Rosenberg. Oh, right, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, no. Um, please. My, my fist bump moment. Um, okay, so my initial fist bump moment is as they're getting off the bus and they're like, that's this person, and yeah, here's yeah. what he did. Right. That's my first one. And then every time the like the con air music plays yeah yeah mm-hmm. every time I'm like yeah that's like fist to the air yeah right fist bump <laughs> yeah. every time that's I would, great I would agree that the villain qualifier is like my other favorite part of the movie yeah oh it's fantastic yeah because that's the other part where you're watching you're like yes this is so sweet because <laughs> you're like these guys are so effed yeah I love such it. bad guys yeah. yeah such bad guys like like Johnny Twenty Three, yeah, like just, oh, he's great. Yeah, Danny Trejo, yeah, he's awesome in this. Okay, Amazing. so I have I have two fist pump moments, and they yep. both come from being a kid and watching this movie and just being like, yes. All right. So the first one is in the fight in the very beginning when he kills that guy with yeah. a knife, and it's and he hits him with the nose and drives the, the thing up into his brain, killing him immediately. Line from McGruber, yeah. right? Yeah, forte. <laughs> the nose, driving. The, what does he say? Drive the bone into your brain, killing you immediately. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then the other one is also like when I was a kid I, when Ving Rhames is stabbing the medical officer. 
concert oh, and yeah. throw with the handcuffs. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is this, this is, is intense. so intense. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is an R-rated movie. This is definitely R-rated. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Those are my two fist pump moments. Both sweet, yeah. both excellent. If you guys have any fist pump moments you want to share with us, please do. Uh, let's get directly into the next section of the show, which is. Star Profiles. Star Profiles. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks yeah, for saving me there. No problem. That's why we're a team. <laughs> so uh, we mentioned it a couple times already here, but the Star Profile in Nick Cage is absolutely remarkable. I mean... Yes. This is, this is the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. Well, so it's very interesting that Nick Cage had... Like the way his the genesis of his career, right? So most of us know that he is Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started out in the mid '80s doing like uncredited roles. He has an uncredited, non-speaking part in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. He's obviously in he's in Rumblefish in the late '80s. He's in the Cotton Club, which is a Coppola movie. He's got all these credits in the '80s. You know, I, I like like Red, Red Rock West, uh, Wild at Heart, David Lynch's movie. He was like a very respectable actor. Yeah, I mean, Raising <laughs> Arizona. Like he was in a lot of great movies, and I think he was like an up and coming kind of like. Cute and good actor. People Should thought call he was Nick talented. Cage cute. He, well, he was rosy cheeked, right? Like sure. Peggy Sue got married. Like the picture you always use. Yeah, with yeah. The, the hair. Yeah, it's beautiful. All right. Yeah, right. So like that was kind of his thing. Like he was. <laughs> like, if you say he's cute, I <laughs> well, in the eighties he was like playfully cute. Like he wasn't the Nick Cage that we Stop all stop saying. Cute. <laughs> learned to love in the nineties. <laughs> so sure. so by like 92, 93, 94, when he was sort of like like turning in you know Amos and Andrew and movies like that, he then wins the Oscar in ninety five. Right. Right, and everybody's like, okay, vindicated. Nick Cage, because he had done, he had like Vampire's Kiss, I think, was uh, just a couple years earlier. Or Kiss of Death, 95, right? Uh, and, and I think Vampire's Kiss a couple years before that. But yeah, Kiss of Death's like an action movie. He started to kind of transition in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. So the three prior movies, The Rock, 96, which is maybe the best movie ever made in the history of action <laughs> ever. movies. Ever, yeah. <laughs> okay. I watched uh, that again like two days ago. Oh, I'm incredible. so pumped. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do it on the show eventually. Like, Absolutely. We, yeah. But, uh, Once we get Ed Harris on the show. On the show. <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas, 95, wins the Oscar. Also very good. Love that movie. Slow and dark, but a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, still still very watchable. And then Kiss of Death, which is a pretty like throwaway action movie. Um, he's jacked, obviously, because like mid nineties Cage or Cage was pretty jacked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, did you did you read that like uh, Offset in he was between lifting weights? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he got caught like getting jacked in between scenes by the crew. Like what's Nick Cage? Do? Oh, he's lifting weights. He's like pretty yoked. Like there's yeah, like, the scenes where he's a wife beater with the gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, he looks. He I would say uh, this is the body he was trying to get when he went and did Ghost Rider. Right. And he was too old at that point to do right, it. Right, right. Yep, he was gone at yeah. that point. He couldn't do it anymore. How did none of us talk about the moment, again, reminded by Brian, when he's walking through the plane and he gets shot in the arm and he doesn't even move? <laughs> of course, dude. That's like that's the best fist pump moment. I'd throw everything away that I said. Classic action. It's yeah. incredible. Anytime you can take a bullet and not flinch... <laughs> It's the same as like when like the villain is so badass that like he gets hit so yeah he doesn't move and yeah. then he like throws one punch and knocks the guy down. <laughs> yeah. It's the classic like, action movie. I think you guys even talked about this in your Taken uh, show. Yeah, yeah. That the, you the uh, hero has to get shot somewhere yeah, in the right. arm probably. Yeah, that's like somewhere a, that's, that's like doesn't affect you. Like required. Yeah, it's an ultimate fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the man on fire one's one of the best ones. That one's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's great. Crazy. God, I love that movie. So good. All right, yeah. So anyway, the, yeah, the, the three most recent hits thing. It is funny what you say, yell about the, the, like his career, his career devolving after this. Yeah, because it is weird. And again, this is indicative of the '90s, but it is very weird that like he wins the Oscar in '95, and he was already making The Rock <clears throat> at that point. So yeah. he, it wasn't like 
it wasn't like uh, you know he won for leaving Las Vegas and they were like we'll make The Rock now. It's right, like he was right. already signed on right. and working on it. But then like the next few years after the success of The Rock, signing on to do like Con Air, Con Air, and yeah. signing on to do Face Off, and even just a couple years after that, Gone in sixty seconds. I mean, mm-hmm. he just became this cashed in action movie guy. Yeah, it's it's weird because. You win an Academy Award for one of the greatest dramatic performances ever, really. I mean, sure. that, that's incredible. Right. And then you go on to being an action hero for the next, like, decade. That's the sometime of the enigma that is Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Because if you look in the mid-90s, and then and then the thing that started to happen in the 2000s, it's like he was still trying to toe the line and do mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Because he did Gone in 60 Seconds. Which But then great. he did Adaptation within a year of that. And wow. Adaptation's one of his other best roles. Absolutely. It's a great movie. And you know he did Matchstick Men with Ridley Scott a couple years later, yeah. which is it's solid. He's very good I like in that it. movie. And I he's, love that movie. Yeah, and he's he's dramatic. He tries to he's good in yeah. that movie. You know, like these screwball kind of like weird dark comedies, like Weatherman in the mid two thousands. You know, it's like he was trying, and somehow his star just was like fading slowly. Right, and there wasn't really quite a reason why because these movies were good. I guess none of them were like amazing. I mean, adaptation was though. Like people talk about that movie to this day still as yeah. one of the like great movies, it's an Oscar-winning film. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it's weird. It's weird what happened with Nick Cage, and then it just went downhill after he lost well, all of his money. And, and then he like, did National Treasure, guys. He did right. National Treasure and National Treasure Two, made and a soon huge National amount of money. Treasure massive, Three. Massive. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's coming out. Like Nick Cage is, <laughs> he's still around. Like my my Don't theory forget. on yeah. Nick Cage is that like. My theory on Nick Cage is that like he needs basically like Tarantino to to reinvent his career. Oh, somebody oh, needs to put great. him. Yeah. Somebody needs to put him in like one of these directors who's like an you know like an auteur like Wes Anderson needs to like mm-hmm. take Nick Cage and put him in his movie. It's kind of like the Cruise effect. It's like we talked about it's where he regained right, his he's doing like, mana now, and we're like, well, what's going to happen? Yeah, like with the Tropic Thunder thing. It's like he needs to poke fun at himself. He like needs yeah. to do something where he, he's not just this guy. Because he keeps he's making these like straight to video Netflix movies now that they come out and you're like rage and like like uh, left behind and like these movies that Drive you just, hard. Joe you just never heard of yeah. for the most part right like so yeah any, anyway Joe was pretty good from, yeah from a few people I haven't seen it but I, I've heard the same thing um, let's jump over to John Malkovich yeah so so Malkovich Portrait of Lady Mulholland Falls the Ogre I'm gonna be perfectly honest. 1996, all three films, never seen any of them. Agreed. I, I think I watched Mulholland Falls when I was, like, very young, but I don't yeah. remember it at all. The other sure. two I, I've not seen. I didn't even... I'd never even heard of The Ogre. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty indicative of who he was at the time. But that's, like, a Nazi movie. He's, like, the lead in, like, a Nazi movie, I'm yeah. pretty sure. But he was, like, this guy, because being John Malkovich is... Within two years of this, I want to say Bing Jamal, which is like ninety. Blew my mind when I was a kid. I like didn't understand what was happening yeah. at all, and I was just like, "What's going on?" My sister loved it. Yeah. Anyway, I, I digress. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie before I saw Con Air. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who is this?" And then I saw Con Air. I was like, "Got it. Right. I know who this is." <laughs> I know is. Who he is. Yeah. Because mid '90s, Malkovich was a guy who was almost like parodied in some ways, which is why the movie being John Malkovich is what it is. Yeah. As being this intense, incredibly dramatic. Broadway type who was doing films but he right, wasn't like right. a guy where he was like a he was trying to break into the movie scene and be this guy it was like you could have imagined that he would have you know taken two or three years off to just be on Broadway and then come back mm-hmm. so for him to be in a movie like this after those three is kind of just I mean that's my theory right it's like this is the ultimate representation why on earth is John Malkovich in this movie in Con Air right what the hell is he doing in this movie but he's like, it's perfect it's for great it's yeah. fantastic it yeah. was so hard to recast it because I was like, no, I think they'd just bring him back. I mean, yeah, you totally could. He doesn't totally look like he's could. aged yeah. at all, really. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely could bring him back. That's I thought about point. it. I, I, I would, really did think about it. I was like, I don't want to recast that role. Yeah, yeah right. That said, I do have a great recast. <laughs> Her recast for Malkovich is perfect. It makes me upset. I'm very happy with mine. I'm so we'll, excited. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the production development. Uh, you know, who wrote it, produced it, directed it, whatnot. Right. So movie is directed by Simon West. Now, the other the other uh, thesis statement that I was going to use, and this will apply to Simon West, mm-hmm. is that Con Air is the Michael Bay movie that Michael Bay never made. Absolutely. Mm. It is identical. I mean, it is it is a Michael Bay movie, Yes, it's very close. If yeah. you, like, in the 90s, if you were to try to go through, like, the Michael Bay filmography and you were going to try to remember them offhand, yeah. I would say 90% of people would be mistaken in saying that Con Air was a Bay movie. Totally. Like, it's just everything... It's classic Bruckheimer Bay. Yeah. Well, the, and it's not, though. The way you know it's not a Michael Bay movie is that we don't have some skanky girl running around... What are you talking about? The crossdressers run around all over the place. Yeah. What, Sally can't dance? No, that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about, like, a Megan Fox in short shorts. Totally. Yeah, but that's later, bit because The Rock doesn't have that. The Rock doesn't have that. No. So, they do have the sex scene in the beginning. Yeah, true. Yeah. But the Michael Bay stuff, the, the stuff that is, like, indicative of Michael Bay. The it's, music. It's the music. It's, mm-hmm. like, the slow-mo turns and, and like, yep. 360s and 180 turns. Yep. It's, like, you, I mean, even his use of Michael Clark Duncan in Armageddon. Ving Rhames, like mm-hmm. it's this, yeah. he likes to have he likes to have one or two black characters that are stereotypically like ebonicked out black. Like he likes yeah. to have like I mean they all really I mean, bad Dave comedy. Chappelle, Ving Rhames, what I'm saying. and Babyo. Yeah. yeah, he wants them to be like like total characters from like uh, man, get off my insulin. Exactly, <laughs> that's like his thing, right? Like in The Rock, the yeah. chick where she's like, well, even t- and then it goes all the way up to the Transformers when he made those two the racist robots, robots that are totally yeah. racist. Yeah, so that's like this is like a Michael Bay movie, but yeah. it's directed by Simon West. So West is a guy who's, I don't want to call him a hired gun because he's been successful and he's done a lot of movies. Yeah. But he's definitely not somebody who you're like, oh, this is a Simon West film. He's mm-hmm. like, I would call yeah, he him. He doesn't have that feel like Tony Scott, Bay, no. like those type yeah. of guys. He's, he's an action movie hired gun. I mean, he did The Expendables 2 in 2012. He did The Mechanic in 2011. He had a long stretch of kind of nothing movies in the mid 2000s. After this, he, he followed it up with The General's Daughter and Lara Croft Tomb Raider. So, you know. There, he was a successful financial director, yes. so he was, he was bankable. So they put him on some movies. Um, I think Lara Croft made some money. General Slaughter did, but not enough to sustain his career. Because yeah. right, and he's he's still uh, you know he's like a TV guy now. I, th- I think he, he he's got like four or five movies announced, but none of them are like high profile projects. Right, mm-hmm. like he did the Expendables here, the Expendables three ex- or two, excuse me, and he's doing the the new with the Blob, which I didn't even know they were doing that, but I'm I'm down. Yeah, he's linked to Bruckheimer. Yeah, he's, he's linked. He's still with that crew. It hasn't been that long, so that's kind of his thing. Um, hilariously enough, you guys remember a few years ago when every time you would click on a YouTube video and it was the Rick Astley video for Never Gonna Give You Up. Never Gonna Give You yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. Rick rolled. Yeah, Rick, yeah. Rick rolled. Yeah, he directed Never Gonna Give You Up, the music video. <laughs> that's Simon West. That's his greatest claim to fame. Right. I mean, that's what people from, have seen more than anything. aside from yeah. Con Air. Yeah. He yeah he's the Rick rolled guy. He directed. He <laughs> Never Gonna Give so You Up. If he's watching this right now, he's gonna find out where you live and kill you just for talking. <laughs> The Rick Gold guy. That's the the pinnacle of his career. Is yeah, that right? video. yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, when I read it, like I was going through, I was going through trivia, and it right. was like, or I was going through his filmography, and it was like, never going to give you up. Short, like video short. Right. I was like, wait, is, is it a video short? I was like, or is it just the music video for Never Going to Give You yeah. Up? And it was definitely the video for Never Going to Give <laughs> You Up. Amazing. And I was it's very, mind, very colorful video. Mind blown. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so from there, you get Jerry Bruckheimer. Now Bruckheimer, guys, he's probably the greatest action movie producer. Yeah. 
I mean, of it's, our generation. I mean, there's others. There's a couple, but like as far as just the sheer numbers are are concerned. Yeah, I mean, you just talk about National Treasure, Pirates of the Caribbean, the whole the whole Pirates franchise. Yeah, you just yeah. talk about that alone. That's massive. The Rock, Armageddon, the Bad Boys franchise, the Beverly Hills Beverly Hills Cop franchise, Top mm-hmm. Gun. Yeah, just you an know. absurd number. He and Don Simpson in the mid '80s. Right. Uh, they just took over the '80s mm-hmm. and the '90s, and they they split. He and Don Simpson. Who well, was Simpson died. But they split before that, right? On this movie, yes. right? Because well, he died uh, during The Rock. Yeah. So he, but he had already said he hated the script for Con Air <laughs> yes. so much. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with yes. Con Air, and so their producing partnership dissolved, and then he died within a year. And then he dedicated The Rock to him. Yeah. Which is funny because Malkovich also hated this movie, uh, the script for this movie, so much because they were constantly rewriting it, like virtually rewriting it every single day. And he was so pissed off because he's like, I don't know what my character is going to be like. Right. Which is, again, it's a testament to who he is as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like what Air, are you dude? doing to me? Like, but it's, it's Con Air, man. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Cusack hates this movie so much he won't talk about it in interviews, right? So yeah. all the dramatic actors involved. You wonder what Cage would say about it. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite films. <laughs> he's got so many sweet lines in this movie. Like, when we do favorite line, you could just, there's like seven. The whole oh, easy. script. I was, just, no I was just admiring your cage. Yeah. <laughs> my mama lives in a trailer. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty nice. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. So yeah, Bruckheimer, Don Simpson. Uh, you know, it's hard to really say much more about that. This movie is produced by a couple other people. Right. You have Chad Oman and Kenny Bates of the seven producers credited are the other two that matter the most, I'd say. But really... Really, when Bruckheimer's name is attached to any pro- or project, you talk about him. I'd say the seven, like the, of the seven producers that I did research on for this, they're all guys that have three, four, five, six, seven, or eight credits, and almost all of those, like three to eight, are just movies that Bruckheimer produced. Okay, so he's got a team basically. Mm-hmm. These two guys that I referenced, Bates and Omen, they worked on like the most movies with him, gotcha. like eight or nine movies each. But they're all just they're all just Bruckheimer movies, right? So it's like you you have to suspect like. His name's involved. He's got a team of people that he brings in over the years. Who is he working with at this time? Who's he working with at this time? Who owns the property? What studio, et cetera? And that's just kind of how it works. But if it's a Bruckheimer movie, it's a Bruckheimer movie. Exactly. Um, this is interesting because it's the first movie that he did without Don Simpson. Yes, this is the very first one. Yeah. And the castle was built on the Simpson-Bruckheimer. In fact, at the beginning of this movie, the Jerry Bruckheimer, the, the logo you see, right. uh, is the first time that it was ever the Jerry Bruckheimer Logo, like the yeah. first time that was ever used, was this movie. Fun facts. Fun, Fun facts. facts. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about Rosenberg, Scott Rosenberg, yep. who wrote the film. Um, right, Scott Rosenberg. Yeah, Scott Rosenberg. That's right. Um, another guy who's kind of well, he's a little more relevant than West, I'd say, because he's still working. He still has, he has TV shows out. Um, Rosenberg, he produces TV shows. I think, what, that's the show Happy Land, or was it last year? Yeah. MTV show. Happy Land on MTV? Yeah. I was on the after show for that. I think it was Happy Land. Happy Times? Don't quote me that. Was it Happy-ish? Andrew, can we get a look? Can we get a look? I'll, I'll look at it. <laughs> was it Happy-ish? No, I think, it, I think it was Happy Land. I think he was an, an EP and a writer on it. Um, oh, sad. But I could be wrong. So, anyway, he was a guy who, in, in the early 90s, caught the train of... Happy Pulpic. Town. Happy Town. Oh, thank God. Town. Different show. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. So, I was totally wrong. And Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. He's written a fair amount of movies, and he's still in the scene. Like, he's, he's produced shows over the last yeah. few years as an EP, as a writer, and a, and a creator. So, he gets to continue you know getting a paycheck and all that he's he's not a guy who like completely fell off the planet but there was a trend in the early 90s that happened where pulp fiction and reservoir dogs were so successful uh in 92 and in 94 that this kind of gritty everybody getting shot up crime guys in suits thing really took off Mm -hmm. and there was a bunch of movies in the mid 90s that reflected that so writers 
we're kind of bra- trying to break in with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it thing- was the thing to do. Yeah, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead in 95 was his first major credit. And that's like that's like uh, Steve Buscemi's in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Walken's in that movie. Uh, it's Yeah, it's like, it's fine. It's, I was just going to say, it's fine. Yeah. It's definitely not memorable. No, it's enjoyable. Have uh, you seen it? Nope. Yeah, yeah, I've only seen it once. It's not, yeah, me too. It's, it's not, it wasn't like a movie that stuck out. It was like, this was pretty good. So that was, so, so there's a quote that he, he gave in regards to the film Beautiful Girls that he did in 1996. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, Timothy Hutton, Matt Dillon, Uma Thurman, and, and he said, it was the worst winter ever in this small hometown. Snow plows were coming by, and I was just tired of writing these movies with people getting shot and killed. So I said, there's more action going on in my hometown with my friends dealing with the fact that they can't deal with turning 30 or with commitment. All that became Beautiful Girls. So I think he kind of realized in those early days that he didn't want to just do the action genre. Yeah, it wasn't his thing. Because he went on later after writing, obviously, this and... Uh, what he, he wrote this movie Con Air High Fidelity yeah Gone in 60 Seconds 60 and then seconds. High Fidelity is the one I was going to reference right because that's way more in the in the realm of Beautiful Girls it's that same people growing up struggling with identity right. as they get older commitment issues all that same stuff well, didn't Timothy Hutton win the Oscar for Beautiful Girls I'm not sure I uh, believe he did really we'll find out I believe so no. um, but yeah High Fidelity had Cusack in it again and yeah so obviously he's a guy that's he's clearly involved with the whole team from this movie because General's Daughter was written and, and then directed by Simon West, so uh-huh. same writer-director as this film, right? He worked on Con Air with Cage, and then he went on to work on Gone in 60 Seconds with Cage a few years later, yeah. and then he worked on Con Air with Cusack, and he went on to work with High Fidelity with Cusack a few years later. So he's obviously one of these guys who has some pull and is involved with those with those same people. Yeah. He did not win an Academy Award for that. Just kidding. Thanks for being our guest today, Yelp. <laughs> Way to go. I'm full of lies. We throw misinformation out there like it's true yeah. at least 5% of the time, so don't worry about <laughs> it. It happens. It happens. If anybody ever calls us out on it, my apologies. Yeah, we, try, we always apologize. We try our best. We try our best. Um, so anyway, that's basically the production team. Uh, as far as how this movie was made, I mean, it was just kind of one of those... No one really wants to talk about that with this movie. No. We want to talk about the good stuff, the meat of it. But that is what we always do. We always we got to touch on this a little bit, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just it's one of those movies where, like, because the genre was so explosive, and, and like, you can see it in the cast, right? You can see the right. people involved. Like, this is one of those movies where the script is pretty thin. The actors know the script is thin. Right. The studio kind of knows everything about this movie is pretty right. thin. The script was brilliant. Yeah. But they, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. they, they make the movie because it's going to make a lot of money. It's, it's almost like making a sequel to The Rock is what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, it's crazy how they... This movie, like the faith that they had in it, Buena Vista as a studio, like... I, I, you just you're just banking on actors at this point. Yeah. And, and like the chemistry between them because the script yep. is garbage and yeah, like you said, so... <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if you tell, let's talk about Bonavista a little bit and, and then making the film. So, yeah. you know, $75 million budget, <clears throat> opened June 6th, 1997. That was my birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. In 1997. <laughs> June 6th. Yeah. Um, 97. Domestic, 101. Worldwide, another 122. So its total was $224 million. I mean, very solid numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very successful. By, by today's standards, for like what like huge blockbusters make. Right. Not quite the same, but I mean, still two twenty four. Like that's very, very solid. You know, it's you're you're more than you're more than tripling your money. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the highest grossing R rated movies of ninety seven. Yeah, we have a graphic that's got the top five R rated films of nineteen ninety seven. Uh, the first film we did on this show, if you guys yeah. want to go back and check out an old episode, is uh, Air Force One, yep. and uh, that is the highest grossing R rated film of nineteen ninety seven, grossing one hundred and seventy two million dollars domestically. I almost think I like this movie more though. Even though I love Air Force One and I and I think Gary Oldman's phenomenal in it, it's a different feel. Different it's feel. a totally different feel. It's a little harder. 
Yeah. It's a little harder. It's like a little more realistic, which is hilarious to say about Air Force <laughs> One being more realistic than a movie. Right. But yeah. I this film is like this film is like <laughs> David Caruso and Jade is right. what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's, it's a stupid joke. Um, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Good old hunting, face off, scream to Con Air. So it's the fifth highest grossing arted film of nineteen ninety seven. Um yeah, I mean, those are all well, Scream Two's not very good, but uh the other four movies. Yeah, those are, are all great. Are all yeah, very entertaining. Goodwill hunting is not even in discussion. Right. It's like a complete it's like hilarious that that's even on a graphic with these other movies. Right. It's just not even in the same conversation at all. <laughs> completely different kind of movie. Um I also like that they just like made Hannibal Lecter a part of this movie. Like Right, right? Like, yeah, like that's like I know it's like a side note, but it's just hilariously when you see Buscemi. He looks exactly yeah. like him. Yeah, they're like or with he, the face mask and everything. Yeah, of course, yeah. right? He's just getting wheeled around. The music <laughs> when he's like coming out of it and they like stick the thing. They've got like, the rods. Like, that's Garland Green, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love that like the, I love that all the criminals have this they all like know about each other. Oh yeah. Like and like when Malcolm cuz some of Malkovich's lines are really corny, but that's like, one of the best parts about it. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? I love your work. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Uh, Are you going to play nice? Probably of, not. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, let him out. Yeah. They all know each other. They're all celebrities. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. all they're celebrity. All, they're all criminal celebrities. Convict <laughs> celebrities. Welcome to Con Air. Like, it's great. We, we think it's funny because the movie's called Con Air, but if you didn't right. know what the movie was called, they said that in the script, you'd just be like... like it's like who? that moment in Family Guys. There it is. There it yeah. is. I love when they say the name <laughs> of the title. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Yeah, it's great. So you guys know that so the film was called Les Allées de Enfer, The Wings of Hell in France. Because <laughs> con in French is a slang word for vagina, as it is in most languages. It's also just like a very strong derogatory term in most languages. So they called the movie The Wings of Hell in other Wings countries. Wings of Hell. Because they didn't want to call it like a vagina air. Um, really why not? Why not call it that? Yeah, take away from know. it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, it might take away a little bit. So the, you'd think you're seeing a different movie. Yeah, right. So the film, uh, yeah, made I'd say a pretty good amount of money. Um, it's, it was critically, critically, it's it's like on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Right, where the critics <laughs> give it like a thirty percent, and then the audience gives it almost an eighty percent. Yeah, I mean, I have a. I have a difficult time properly evaluating this movie because when we always talk about the categories at the end, this right. is one of the ones that I use as the example for I fall know. off a cliff of absurdity. Mm-hmm. But I really had to think about that more clearly watching it this time because it didn't seem as absurd this time as it I, always felt we'll to talk, me. We'll you talk about, yeah. I have a lot to argue with you. So, I mean, thirty-one seventy-five here, what we're talking about is, yes, the, the audience gave it a 75%. I mean, right. 75% of Rotten Tomatoes is very strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like a good movie. I mean, like it's higher than Man on Fire got, I believe. Or yeah, yeah, the audience close to it yeah. at least. You know, and then critics gave it a thirty-one percent, which is pretty. That's fair, I would say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is, like, that's now. I don't feel like I feel like in the nineties we weren't in a day and age yet where there was an appreciation for what this movie was doing. Right. So, like, I think that if this movie came out today, like some of some of the um, some of the reviews, right. Ebert says, this is a big cast, but easy to keep straight because everyone is typecast that never does anything out of character. Right. The movie is essentially a series of quick setups, setups, brisk dialogue, and elaborate action sequences. That was a positive review, right? Yeah, right. That's, that's I, a great that review. Sounds, that sounded negative. Right. It sounds, like, it's like a backhanded yeah, compliment. It's so rude. But what's hilarious about that is that I feel like if this movie came out today, made in the same way, yeah. like if this movie was just somehow erased from history and was released today... And that review came out. I feel like this movie would get like a seventy-five percent critics because people would just be like, "It's a great parody of the action genre," or like, "It's doing, it's giving us exactly what we want from an action movie." Like you watch this, 
and you and you get a thirty one percent from critics, and then you go and you look and you see that John Wick has an eighty percent right. critics. Exactly. You're like what are you what are you talking about? Eighty <laughs> percent. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's absurd. But it's that's what happens. Sign of the times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's but it is surprising to me. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, it yeah. is very surprising to me that they did rate it so low at the time because this is what you expected out of '90s action movies. I wonder what The Rock got. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I wonder what The Rock's Rotten Tomato score is. Because like, look, okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, some of the other reviews here, uh, that's a fresh review that Ebert gave it. Um, from USA Today, a rotten review. Yes. <laughs> Massaging every demographic, this admittedly fast, funny, and robustly acted, robustly acted? I know, it's such a weird, yeah. Progeny of the Rock exploits actions of killers and rapists, then cynically sells family values with a lengthy wrap-up ballad. Right, so that I thought was a positive review. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's like, like, I swear these guys messed fast, up the outline. Right, it's fast, it's funny. I was like, wait, you the the, the reviews of the time were just ridiculous. What's yeah. the what's the uh the name of the song? I am the the what was Oh, it? uh the, you're talking about the song. Yeah, the song. The the, the, the the song that was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song and, and a Razzie for Worst Original Song. Yeah, it's How a, can I, I live yeah. without you? You're welcome, audience. That was for you. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh Hilarious because when they play it, it's it's just absurd. Right. Well, the they play it in the beginning and they play it at the end. Yeah, like, they have to. We get it. This is the song of the movie. <laughs> this is the song right. of Trisha Poe and Cameron Poe when they're together. Trisha Poe. Trisha Poe. Sixty-six <laughs> percent. Uh, the Rock does. The Rock by by critics. Yes. So over double. Is this movie twice as bad? I was as just going to say. I definitely think The Rock is better than this movie. Like a better movie. Yeah. But Not, I don't know about. Yeah. You know, twice. The score over twice the score. I don't know, maybe Ed Harris. It's hard. Ed I mean, Harris The Rock is, so is like my favorite ever, almost, yeah. almost. So like, but it's I don't feel like it's my favorite ever. Like so much so that this is that much worse. Yeah, I don't think this movie is that bad. But I've also never regarded this movie in the same way that I've regarded The Rock. You know, you just how haven't seen it as many times. Yeah, but I've <laughs> I mean, chosen obviously. to watch The Rock. Yeah, yeah, many times. Like, fair. Right? You watched The Rock the other night by choice by yourself, to, like two nights ago, and you've seen it like a hundred times. You just like put it on because The Rock's. Oh, sweet. of course. Yeah, you've never... done that with Con Air a lot too. I have. I've seen this movie. All... I, I've probably seen these those two movies the same amount. That's unbelievable. I watched a lot of movies. Wow, yeah. unbelievable. Um, oh, the IMDb score six point out. That's that's relevant. Six point eight. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. It is pretty high, especially for thirty three or thirty one percent by the critics on Rotten. Like. Don't. We don't have time to do this every single week. Ben and I always debate. I, I'm about, aware. Oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm it's, aware. I've seen this show. Not, Moving on. We're going to yeah. have a special episode where we just fight. We just actually fist fight over this. We're going to bring in our 10 selections from the IMDb, IMDb Top 250 that we both think are most erroneous and just like argue about those 10 movies each. It's going to uh, be heated, audience. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, all right. So let's get into Ultimate Action Scene. We're going to keep this one a little shorter this week, guys, because ultimately... The only one action scene we went with with the assault on Lerner Airfield. Meet cars. Meet cars. Carson City. They're going to Lerner Airfield. They're going to Lerner Airfield. (laughs) So, like, this scene is about as, like, Michael Bay-esque action as it gets. It's like, and I know that it's not a Michael Bay movie. Do not be mistaken. I'm well aware. It just feels like the most, the most just, like, hands in the air, slow-mo, like, do-do-do-do-do, like, grenade. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff exploding, like, Cage jumping through a window. Yes. Like, it, you don't even really know what the, the hell happened. The underneath the, uh, the, the, the truck, yeah. just like sitting there. He's like, Tom, shouldn't use that needle, son, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I mean, literally, you can watch what, what I what I thought about when the scene started was like, okay, there's how much how much time in the movie left? I was like, so 
Malkovich is not going to die. Right. right. Cage is not going to die. Of course. And Cusack's not going to die. Yeah, they're but they're all going to show their action chops here. And his friend's not going to die because he's going to save him. No one else here matters. So you yeah. could all die or you could not everyone. die, but let's just fast forward through the scene because this is not going to be a particularly well executed action scene. It's just none of, totally none of the main dudes die, like the no. main bad guys. None of them. Billy Bedlam, Bing Rames. Well, Bedlam does already. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah, me. Uh, and like anyone that's been introduced, like Swamp Thing. Yeah. Right. right. Um, well, they need Swamp Thing. The girl. Yeah. What's what's can't Sally can't dance? What's her name? Sally can't dance. Yeah. <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> Yeah, but I, love, I love when he's like laying out. He's got like all the cans and the rocks. Oh, yeah. He's like laying out, and then he's like, "This is this, this is this, this is this." And he's like, "What's, he that? Like, What's that? It's a rock. That's a rock." <laughs> like oh. gets it out of the way. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's a good line. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, did you guys have any feelings on the scene? I was like trying to. I, I looked up making of Learn oh, There's nothing. Battle. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's such like an irrelevant set, yeah. action set piece. I mean, I almost feel like the the better action scene is like the plane takeover, but that's not really like right. It's too short, and it's like there's not. It's not the same. Like this is the this is the ultimate action scene in the movie. Because other than this, there's just there's the Vegas thing, which is yeah. you know the this and is the airplane. The scene. Yeah, mean, and and like the, the you know the casino like getting like destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like that uh, was the the chase through the city with the, uh, with on the, the fire, fire truck, truck and the motorcycles. Every time, forget about that because it's such a like it's, it's irrelevant. Yeah, like he escaped, and then we have to chase him. Like, wh- why? Why couldn't he just die on the plane and call right. it? A day? We talk about this regularly on the show. Yeah, and you can elaborate because I know that you love to talk about it. It's essentially that all these movies, all these '90s ones, and even some of the more recent ones, they they struggle in the third act to end the movie. Right, and they all feel like they have to tack on this extra 15 minutes of action for whatever reason. Sometimes it works to like catch the bad guy or to kill him. It's always like it's like. It's like, oh, the exchange with Dennis Hopper and Speed didn't say. didn't yeah. go. Oh, now he's on the subway and we have to chase him down. Like, final action scene. Right. Like, it's always like this one thing they just like to tack on at the end like, of the movie. Like, it, it is completely necessary, but it's not enjoyable. Right. Like, I mean, the, the car chase scene is not that cool. No. It's kind of cool in the 90s as a kid, I guess. No. It's but, like, but, like, you go back and watch it now, you're like, I, I wish everyone died in the plane crash. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the idea that... Cameron Poe gets off the plane and he steals a motorcycle. Right. Yeah, right. And then Cusack is like, "Well, I'm also going to steal a right. motorcycle. And catch him, and we're going to work together." I'm like, "No, no, this is the part right. that I'm like, this is the part that's ridiculous." So, yeah. So the Swamp he, Thing can drive the fire truck. Of course, yeah. he drives everything large. Of course, that's right. what he does. That's what he's good at. Yeah. yeah. Um, that guy like did not age a day until because no, he, yeah. he, he was in Lost. He's one of the one of the others, uh, and he looks exactly the same. I was like, where do I know that guy from? And then I was like, that's like 10 years later. And he yeah, literally looks yeah. the same age. Love it. Um, the Sands, the casino, uh, in the mid-90s was like set up for demolition. Right, yeah. So they got footage of that. And that's a lot of the footage you see in the film. Oh, um, is actual footage of the yes. of the casino being uh, like demolished. It was um, perfect for them. So yeah. much money and time and all that good stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of want to... I mean, we've pretty much talked about everything production note-wise. Uh, unless yeah, you I mean, to- you could talk about how the, the Wendover Airfield, what, what Lerner Airfield was, is, you know, they did bomb testing and for Fat Man, Little Boy, Hiroshima, sure. all that. Mm-hmm. But really, again, we don't really care about that with this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all kind of are on the same page that we want to get into the The fun stuff. stuff. The yeah, stuff. the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, let's go first with Favorite Line. God, there's a lot of good ones. Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, um, if you guys have a favorite line or a ranking or anything you want to add to this, please 
feel free to add in. I would love to hear what you have to say. And actually, you know, before we get into this one this one section, I do want to point out, so Andrew and I have been wondering for a while, um, we know, we, we see the numbers on YouTube, so we know how many people are watching on YouTube, and some episodes do extremely well, and others don't, we don't have any idea why, we'll keep, we'll keep doing the show, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> what we want to know is, how many of you guys are downloading and listening on Popcorn Talk? Because Andrew and I have placed an order for custom Popcorn Talk action movie anatomy mugs. Just they like have- this. And uh, we haven't gotten them yet. We have a limited number of them. We ordered just a few. But the plan right now is we're going to start giving them away based on fan participation in our show. Right. So if that you guys... want your address. Yeah, we want your address. <laughs> so the deal is this, guys. This is how this is going to work. If you do an iTunes review for us, a YouTube comment, and prepare a full recast and do it on an episode, if you're the 10th review on iTunes, we'll send you a mug. I know that sounds complicated. A comment, a review, and a recast. Yep. But if you're the 10th review on iTunes, every 10th for the first 50, we'll send a mug to We have five mugs to give away. Right. And we're not doing this this next week, but we are doing it very soon. So something to think about, something to get to get used to, yes. if you will. But the, but the offer now is on the table. So the 10th review, every 10 for the first 50, that's how this is going to work. We have placed the order. The mugs will be here in a couple weeks, but uh, we'll get in touch with you. If you win a mug, if you're interested in that sort of thing, let us know. Let's get into favorite lines. Can I get a mug? Yeah, well, we'll obviously have mugs once they show up. I can't up. wait. I want a mug. <laughs> you can what? drink out of it while you're on the show. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're selling mugs for $100. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. Favorite uh, lines. Let's favorite line. Okay. Uh, let's, let, let's let the lady go first, because uh, I know she has some good ones. I think we have, like, the same ones. We do. Yeah? I, we, we have a lot of the same ones. All right. So, so I think the, ones. one of the best ones is I despise rapists. For me, they're somewhere between a cockroach and that white stuff that accumulates in the corner of your mouth <laughs> yep. when you're really thirsty. Love that line. Oh, so And the way he good. delivered it. Yeah. yeah. Trejo is great in this. He's fantastic. Yeah. I love that you never see him die, but you just see his arm hanging handcuffed to, oh. to the airplane. Right. You just sit there, you're like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, of they, I, they say it. They're like, this one's dead. Yeah, And they exactly. just pull him off. And then I, Johnny 23. It took me a minute to realize that that's his arm That's the arm of the there. tattoos, yeah. <laughs> Call me Johnny 600 if I knew the truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go into mine, and that one was definitely, I think, my top one. But my my next one is, is <laughs> Steve Buscemi line. And he goes, uh, define irony. A bunch of idiots dancing around on a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash. I don't know why, but as a kid, and even now, I just love that line. It's, it's like clever. the smartest thing in the whole movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then also the the last Mohegan is burning, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> you guys. Line. I can't believe you guys didn't just choose any of these sweet, sweet, sweet right. Nick Cage put lines. Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> I mean, yeah, put the bunny back in the box. Like, I, there's like seven that I wrote down. Yeah. Like, there's all these little sound bites where he's like, "Cyrus, this is your barbecue, and it tastes good." Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> so many lines like that. Where I'm just like, what? It's just incredible. I mean, like. There's also the, the line where sunsets are beautiful, babies are beautiful. This is fucking spectacular, right? <laughs> the uh, the I know you're gonna die guy. Oh yeah. yeah, even though, but yeah, I mean he's he plays the yeah he plays the role. I mean, yeah, the, absolutely. Um, what else? I mean, like like I also love when uh, when Cusack is standing and they're watching the plane go off. And uh, who is that? Who is that? The, the chick. That's uh, oh, one of I, our cats. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I think so. Is it one of our cats? I, I like definitely recognize who she is. She's just not coming to mind right now. But anyway, she's like, um, 
oh, I hope this goes smoothly. All this monster's on one plane. And he's like, please, Jenny, right. this is a well-oiled machine. All we have to do is worry about a little stale peanuts and a little bit of turbulence. turbulence yeah. It's just like, come on, guys, really? This like, is how it's going to go? You need to give us this line? people in the yeah. world on a plane? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many. I, I don't know. It, it's Everything. I also have a pinball when he meets Swamp Thing. Hey, man, you Swamp Thing? Yeah. That's right. You're going to fly this plane? That's right. It's amazing the shit you white trash know. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think my favorite line in the whole movie, though, is one I already said earlier, which is, what the hell are you looking at for? I was just mounting your page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fits you pretty good. <laughs> so good. And there, there are literally a uh, hundred best lines in this movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. They're, they're, they're relentless. Completely agree. Um, so let's uh, let's get into hero villain ranking. Um, this is interesting. It's a weird one. This is a weird one because they are both so they really are iconic. Yeah, and you don't forget them. Nope. But is Cyrus the Virus a top fifty villain of all time? I really don't think Cameron Poe is a top fifty hero for me. Like yeah. maybe like high 40s maybe I'm so glad you said it because I was like I don't think they rank anywhere on the list yeah it is weird like it's like it's like Malkovich is like sweet he's a very he's sweet and he has like this uh, he's like again like he hates rapists like there's this thing about him that's still kind of like respectable like he's intelligent he's memorable he's a yeah. bad guy like yeah. he's, he's very cruel when he had like he sets that dude on fire which I love sayonara 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 yeah it's yeah. <laughs> great uh, yeah I would I would say Definitely Poe doesn't rank for me, but I mean... <laughs> Muhammad Bird. He's Muhammad Bird. <laughs> I'm going to start referring to you as that on the show. <laughs> I think I think Cyrus is top 50. Yeah, but like 45 plus, right? Yeah, like he doesn't feel like he ranks in the same conversation as like the, as like the you know, Davians and the, and the T-1000s of no. the world. Like he's just not in the, the well, Ivan Crush knobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's yeah. Just, he's just not in that... Class. What, what do you think? Would you put him in the top fifty at all? Uh, sure, <laughs> like forty nine. This right. is always like an eye. This is for, yeah. for anybody who like hasn't done every episode. It's like an eyeball, just to, like just ballpark right. it. But I mean, yeah, he doesn't stand out. Right. I mean, like he's he's fun. He's fun to watch. Uh, he's as you said, he's smart and he has he has his like not standards, but he's like oh rapists are like you know right yeah you are at the bottom of this totem pole right. of these murderers. The guy who wore a girl's head as a hat. Like, right. Like he's at the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You are way below him. Um, but he's not someone that when someone's like, oh, what's your favorite movie villain? Right, it, right. It wouldn't even occur to me to think yeah, about him. of course. No. Um, and that sucks because I do love this movie. Right. I do love that he has the anarchist cookbook in his cell. Yeah. Which is just like, that lets you know again, like this movie is a mid-90s movie. Yeah. Everyone talked about the anarchist cookbook when I was in middle school. It was mm-hmm. the cool thing. Yeah, right. You know? Just like teaches you how to make pike bombs. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's like, and then the guard is like, he's like, you told us not to touch anything. He's like, of course I'll touch things. He's not dangerous. He's not Cyrus the virus's cell. I'm an idiot. I have no idea what's going on. Let me just blow this box up. So good. Um, um, our recast. This is it because we did a lot this week. We did a lot. We did four. Yeah, you know, which I mean, Monica Potter. I just felt like we had to do for some reason. Yeah, she's she's very like she doesn't really matter in the movie at all. Yeah, but she's also matters so much. She could be anyone. Anyone. She <laughs> literally could be anyone. Yeah, so that she's like pick an up and coming blonde and pick it, and I was like, okay, that's a good <laughs> that's, idea. That's my recast. Happy, happy to do that. Yeah, any um, up and coming blonde. <laughs> so who'd you pick? You want me to start? Yeah, sure. With Monica Parker. Yeah. Jennifer Morrison. Okay. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. From House of Once Upon a Time. The, she's the wife in Warrior. 
She plays a fantastic supportive right. wife. I'm in love. Woman. I am in love with her. Yeah, so am I. Obviously, we've both seen that movie about a hundred times. I don't cry during it. I don't ever cry. <laughs> you don't cry. She's uh, incredible. Yeah, she's she is phenomenal, and she would be great in this. She's yeah. such a good like. She's oh, a great wife. She's great because the thing is, the theory is, if you were going to remake this movie today. You couldn't really make it as corny. You would have to serious it up a right. little bit. Just, just a would, little bit. You would just have to. It's just the sign of the times. You couldn't... Unless you intentionally were making a comedy, but that's not what this movie wanted to be at no. the time. It wasn't trying to do that. So you would have to make and it a little it did, more serious. if it did, it would be bad. Yeah. So I think you would need... like, re- And she's she could play... Yeah. She, I mean, her performance could be generic while still being entertaining. I mean, I love her, but like, I think she would be great in just sort of the limited screen time she gets. Uh, I think she's too good for it. Hmm. Interesting. Not, I mean, that's I, fair. I, I mean, just, I don't want to say so. Any Monica Pyrons aren't going to kill me. Um, she went on to do great things. Yeah. At the time, that role was irrelevant. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. There was a a throwaway. Right. Well, just like a pretty Southern Belle look. Yeah. I love Jennifer Morrison. What can I say? I love her yeah. so much. Uh, yeah. Who do you have? I said any up and coming blonde. Oh, it's right. funny because I, have... I considered just saying just, that yeah. it could be anyone. I thought about it, but I love Jennifer Morrison. Right. So I went with uh, Margot Robbie. Because she's oh, yeah. so popular right now. It mm-hmm. seems like she would be put in that role. Although she might be a little too big. Yeah. She's of, super hot. I she mean. is. Very. And Monica Potter was 90s super hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's getting like, you know, Margot Robbie's getting like real movies. That's what I'm saying. She's too. <laughs> she's kind of too big now. After like the Harley Quinn, yeah. it's yeah. too much. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, let's go with Cusack. Yeah. Vince Larkin. Mm-hmm. I went with Cusack, actually. Why not? Yeah. You, you totally could do it again. I mean, everyone in this movie, other than, I mean, even Monica Potter, everyone could do this role again. Oh, yeah. If in they remade this movie now theory, with the same cast, you could. Cage is pretty old. Don't you say that. <laughs> I think you could do it. I don't I think, think he knows the, that. Their blood will be on our blades. You can't be that jacked anymore. That's you true. You have to take a that's lot fair. of HGH, man. Okay. A lot of HGH. That's, that's a good point. Um, who did you, I, I'll go with mine. Ed Norton. So good. It's great. Damn it, that's good. Yeah. I'm so proud of that one. I kind of, I kind of would want him to be like 04 Ed Norton because he right. feels like he's a little old. Like watching him in Birdman, like he's he, he feels he feels a little older now, but yeah. he could, doesn't matter. I mean, he could still do it. I mean, like Cusack is even older and he could still do it. So. Yeah, yeah. David Schwimmer, maybe. No, let's just keep the faith. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> no. who, do you, who do you have as Larkin? Um, I have Colin Hanks. I think that's good. You told Colin me that Hanks. before the show. Yeah. Tom Colin Hanks' H- son. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Colin <laughs> Hanks. Um, I, I mean, because of Fargo. Right, right. I'm like, yeah, I could see Colin Hanks. He could do it. He's grown on me over the last decade. Yeah. I'm still not a huge fan of him, but I could definitely see him doing it. I forget always that he's an adult because I'm so used to thinking of him as like a teenager or like a college age. Mm -hmm. So I would like to keep giving him adult roles so that I can continue to be like, oh, that's right. He (laughs) is like in his 30s. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the, the 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 Larkin role is like pretty generic. It's funny, like yeah. you you need like a certain kind of energy for it. But it's because I thought like Justin Long for a minute. Mm. So he's he he's yeah. the, he's like nerdy enough. But then you can think like how, you can't make him too competent or like too much of a leading man. He has to like the Cusack really hit the nail on the head with his with his um his star in the eighties and nineties <clears throat> was like so particular. Yeah. He was this guy who could like really get away. Like for instance, him and Gross Point Blank is like the ultimate I love that movie. Cusack movie. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a comedy, but he's a killer and you believe him as a killer. Absolutely. But you also believe him as like this docile kind of nerd. He's like funny, but he's also scary. Yeah. It's it's very weird that he can he's able to pull it off. There's very few guys I can think of nowadays that are able to do the same thing. I know. It's funny when you said Justin Long, I thought about James Franco for a minute, but I think he's too big. Oh, Franco Zachary would be Levi, bad, right? Good. Franco would be really good in this. Actually. Zachary Levi. Yeah. Remind me who he is. Zachary Levi was Chuck. Um, he's going to be in the new Heroes Reborn. 
He's. How do I, I not know who this guy Zachary is? Zachary Levi is. Just put us to shame. Yeah, just put us to shame. I'm this so will be the last guys. episode of Action Movie Anatomy. This is the last one. Uh, <laughs> firing uh, myself. Yeah. <laughs> the looking um, up. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Let's yeah, talk Malkovich. Malkovich. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I yell, please. God, this one's so good. I don't know how I didn't think of this. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I love him. I love him so much, and he would do this role. Perfectly. And he'd shave his head. And yeah. he would shave his head. Yeah. He'd be incredible. Yeah, it's a really good one. Scary, weirdly intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of like the only thing, my only doubt with Cranston is because of his age. The right. idea yeah. that he would be able to physically actually like be a badass. Like, not yeah, like just the like very young end enough. of the, yeah, like, like on the fire truck fight scene, it's like, yeah. could Brian Cranston, could, is that believable? Yes. You gotta I mean, just change it a little. If, especially if you're changing the tone to be a little more serious. You yeah. don't even need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get rid of that. Really good. I love that one. Who's is yours? You would, he wouldn't tell me. I want My best yours. friend. I want to know yours first. <laughs> I have two. Okay. Um, you better not say mine. I, I don't think I will. So I went with Corey Stoll halfway. Okay. He's the bad guy in Ant-Man. Yeah. and eh, I, I don't like that. I, already, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. Testing the, uh, the other one is Timothy Oliphant. Oh yeah, yeah. Elephant's good. Right. Yeah, like he's good. He's you, he he's believable as a fighter. I didn't uh, like him as the villain in um, the Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. I, he he wasn't very believable. To but me. in Hitman, he was cool. Yeah, he's capable and he's bald. And he's bald. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like him. What'd you uh, do? A weird one. Who is it? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, oh. Interesting. He, listen, this is what I was thinking. Would he shave his head? No. Remember how weird he got when he was in that phase with the beard and the sunglasses? Yeah. And he was way yeah, out of it? Yeah. And he was such a weirdo? Oh, that'd be and sweet. And he made up shit? He just yeah. like started saying yeah. weird stuff Can you stuff imagine putting yeah. that weirdo character in this movie in a remake where he's like the, the master? Because he's so... He's good at being creepy. We've seen it. <laughs> he's good at being creepy. No, he is... Glad- him as Gladiator, I think, might be the number one villain of all time for me. Yeah, you He's love so good. He would be fantastic. That's a good one. Yeah, that's oh, pretty proud that's of Yeah, Cranston and Joaquin. Those are both. Those are both yeah. good. I have a two. I have two weird ones that I think might be interesting for villain. Yeah, for okay. Cyrus, Johnny Depp might be really fun because well, yeah. he, he's like he he's like anything. capable of pretty much doing anything. Have you yeah. seen that new preview of, of him as Whitey Bulger? Yeah, it looks, yeah, yeah. Oh, looks pretty badass. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, and it would yeah. just be really fun to watch that. And I also said. Wouldn't it be cute to see Stanley Tucci do it? <laughs> Wouldn't that be adorable? Oh, I love Stanley Tucci. I think he's fantastic. I, I think despise rapists. I think he's a couple years past where he would want to be for it. Right, but, but it would be yeah. so adorable. He's like a good enough actor that I believe he could pretty much do it. Yeah. Do you fly, Johnny? Because if your dick jumps out of your pants, you jump out of this plane. I don't know why he's like a 1920s, like... <laughs> no, because he often talks to him. Yeah. It's like often but his that'd thing. that'd be so good. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, All right. I'm glad I got to say that. Yeah, that Let's go good. with our cages. Okay. Uh, I feel like mine's too obvious. It's Chris Pratt. He's jacked. He's He's got that charm. Yeah. Uh, he's very popular right now. Yeah. It would be... I think he would do it perfectly. You just you just mm-hmm. get rid of the Southern thing. I try to imagine making this movie Why with... Why get rid of the Southern thing? I try to imagine making this movie with the Southern accent, like, and having it not seem absurd. Right. But I, I don't know that you can. Oh, I got I it. I think you can. Then mine's perfect. I hope you oh, yeah? the same one as mine. Oh, no. So he doesn't have a Southern accent for you? No, he mine. does. Is Who? it Josh Holloway? No. Oh, that's what I... I went with Josh Holloway. Oh, All okay. Right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's good. Right. I went a little younger... <laughs> A little bit younger, oh, and right, I went right. Garrett Hudland. Oh, I love Garrett Hudland. I do too. Yeah, I, I don't know if I like it as the recast. I don't know why. I can't even tell you why. Maybe because he's too young or too pretty or something. I kind of had a similar thought with Taylor Kitsch because I kind of went. I there. thought about Taylor mm. Kitsch yeah. for a minute too. 
Um, well, I, I just think he'd be perfect. I mean, he did an accent, or I don't know if he actually has one, but he did an accent in Georgia Rule, which right, is where right, I first met Right, right. Do you guys ever watch that, the country movie, Country Strong? No. No. She liked yes. that movie. Is it good? Oh, yeah? You <laughs> like it in the booth. Yeah, I actually it's like so that good. movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite good, and he's good in yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and the music's good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, so I had the same thought, right? I didn't think about Hetlin, but I feel like Kitsch is kind of the same yeah. class. Right. And it's, it is weird. Like, there's this, like, because you're trying to figure out what's the quality that Cage has in this movie that you're trying to recreate, and how much of his character are you trying to get rid of? It's so weird. Like, you, how do you pinpoint what he is in this movie? Because he, he's not iconic, right? We've established no. that. He's, like, he's memorable, but he's not iconic. And he's not even that charming. No. No. He doesn't have movie star comedy. It's not one no. of Cage's better roles. Like, he's entertaining, but it's not, like, one of his best. But why? Why is he so entertaining in this? It's because it's a joke. And he's got so many stupid lines. Oh, yeah. every line. Like, what, what's the line when the guy's like, what's wrong with him? My first thought would be a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so many good lines. I mean, you just think about all the, like, any of these actors trying to say any of those lines, or even if you cut, like, a lot of those lines out. Yeah. But, like, you still would need some because that's the character. The character is, like, really corny. Yeah, why? Like, why is he so stupid? He's not a dumb guy. No. And he's, like, militarily trained, like, intense. Yeah. He's a ranger. He's a he's, ranger. You, I like the Your training the makes yeah, you a exactly. lethal weapon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I completely. I and mean, that's, like, that's why I was thinking, like, Josh Holloway is, like, good at seeming kind of, like, Southern and stupid. Yeah. I don't think he'd be as funny. But I think he's a little too serious. But I don't think you could really get away with trying to make it funny in the same way. So. It's interesting. It's kind of hard to recast. Yeah. Because it is such a unique character. My other yeah. idea was Chris Hemsworth because he already has the hair. See, I can't do Hemsworth. I, I I don't know why. I think he's too buff and he's too pretty. Yeah, maybe. But I, he, he probably could. Hair. He does. Yeah. He does have the hair. He does have that the hair. hair. Bothers me so much. When you hate he, it. When he gets off the the bus and the wind is yeah. there, I'm like, no, why is this happening? That picture. That picture. Uh, that's the most iconic picture of this movie. I yeah. love Nick Cage so much. Um, so. All right, we're, I think we'll skip over Cage versus Cruise. Do we think this movie would have been better if Tom Cruise was playing the Nick Cage role? I think it'd be better if Tom Cruise was playing the John Malkovich role. Really? Yeah. No, I'm just. I no. think that might be an interesting. It would be an interesting movie. Yeah, you, Cruise. Cruise has no business being in this movie. No, and would, in 1997, yeah. when this movie was made, he was like the biggest star on earth. He'd be so. cute ball. Yeah, he'd be cute ball. <laughs> He's capable, man. He could do it. Um, all right, so let's let's get into the final category, guys. This is interesting now. Categorizing this movie after yeah. watching it again and doing our show for a yeah. while, I don't know if I put this movie in Fall Off the Cliff Absurdity. I don't think so anymore. It's it's very. Yes. This whole show's been a lie. Yeah, I'm so happy. No, no, I still think it is. You still do? Yeah. It's please, still, it's still, please back that up. It's still totally ridiculous to me because of what we're talking about. The quality of the main character, like for instance, the, the best the best comparison is obviously The Rock because it's right. the same. It's the same formula, right? Yes. They tried to make the same movie, and they're both starring Nicolas Cage. Yes, but for whatever reason, he's totally laughable and ridiculous in this movie. But he's not laughable and ridiculous in The Rock. Like most of the most of the prerequisites that go find some freaking rockets. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean everything about John Malkovich that's like. Pretty cool, but is he's he, still a little is he corny. Not, he's not grounded enough. Well, because he's still a little corny. He yes. still says shit that where you're, you're just like, you're like, that's a, a corny it's line, a but you're but you're awesome. Right. Whereas Ed Harris is just awesome through and through, and yeah, just plays there that is movie. Not one moment where you're like, this is what Ed, Ed really. He plays it totally seriously. I call him Ed. Yeah, we hang out. Sean Connery, <laughs> very good. Like he's got. Like, well, he has some absurd lines. I'm just borrowing your Humvee. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, like, 
but like it's <laughs> okay. not the same thing. It doesn't have like okay, the opening sequence, for instance, where he, where in this movie that my fist bump moment where he's doing the pull ups and he's like, dear, dear Casey, <laughs> dear like, Casey, that's so laughable immediately. It's so funny. Like I love that he's doing like the pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's laughable immediately. Whereas like there's not really a sequence I can think of in The Rock that's just immediately laughable. Like there's just. It's like there's mm. po- there's points that are a little campy, right. but there's no point in the movie that I'm watching and I'm just thinking to myself, this is absurd. And The Rock defines it, and it's the same movie, but it's like not. Okay. So I think that this movie is totally ridiculous. It's maybe closer than I thought. Yeah, it's engaging the whole way through, which is one of the that's one of the cornerstones of ridiculous legitimate. Yes, but I do think it's totally ridiculous. Whereas like, I think Face Off is actually totally ridiculous, like way totally ridiculous. Because I watched yes, it more recently. Absolutely, that movie's absurd. But Con Air is, they trade faces yeah. for God's sakes. <laughs> but Con Air is like almost there. Yeah, but it still is in the, it, for me. It's in the third category. Totally oh, ridiculous. You're swaying me. It's uh, a good argument, wasn't it? It was a great. That was, argument. That was a pretty good argument. It. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to elaborate because I yeah. thought that. Um, Damn you! You know, audience, this is this week is definitely one of those where we need you to participate in our recast. We need you to talk to us about what you would categorize this movie in because I think it's so interesting this week. Like, yeah, the recast is so fun, and, and, and the live viewers are, are totally in on it but putting this movie in a category is a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be it's hard it's, it's, it's one of those ones where if you're it's, if it's if the categories are like 33, 33, 33 right and like there's like the fraction like the fraction of the 1% like dividing the three categories this almost falls on that fraction right between categories 2 and 3 like it's almost there but I just think it tips into absurdity Okay, so what, yeah, did you get swayed, or where are you oh, at now? Okay, so I started in Ridiculously Legitimate, yeah. because I was like, alright, let's say this situation happened, right? Let's say this happened. This is how I would like it to go down. That <laughs> seems legitimate to me. Yeah, you want a plane to crash in Las Vegas. Right. We didn't describe the categories for our fans. We always, we, for, we forgot We're to. so excited this week about this movie that we're like, we're, we've been dumbed down because of it. Hold that thought. The three categories, guys, are totally legitimate. This is a movie like The Fugitive or like Die Hard, which is a totally real movie that is really strong but has action elements ridiculously legitimate which is the middle category which is kind of a combination of campy and legit generally speaking has a really great performance that's grounding the movie something that would be award worthy if it weren't in the film and lastly that's going to be a movie like The Rock basically and lastly you have totally ridiculous which is movies that just are absurd and like they're awesome we don't do bad movies on this show at least we don't try to we don't think uh, that they're bad well yeah until we <laughs> yeah. like go rewatch them sometimes <laughs> Independence Day, but, Day. <laughs> but usually uh, we don't do movies that are bad and it has to so if it's, it's ridiculous it's like bad good essentially which is like that's face off and, and I thought this movie was defining of the category so my choice is totally ridiculous and Yell is describing which category it is for her I, I'm changing and I'm going with totally ridiculous I'm moving alright I win you, you swayed, swayed. Me. and then especially once you define the categories after your bold statement of it being the, the best, best worst, worst movie. movie I'm like yeah damn it I wanted it to be um, ridiculously legitimate yeah. Yeah. I want it to be but it's not no Shout out to the guy who said that the guy in the purple tie does great impersonations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah! Was he referencing the just borrowing your Humvee line? I think he probably was. That was he you did a good job on that, that one. That was a good one. Was a good I was one. proud of that yeah, one. Spontaneous. I've been afraid to read any. Let's quotes. not stay on it, okay? <laughs> Can we just keep talking about this? Because I can't. I was like, I can't do this accent. You I'm can't do it. Gonna, <laughs> nope. So I'm not going. I was like, I don't no think that's a bad quotes. thing, honestly. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. I definitely get what you're saying. I totally understand. If we're if we're calling The Rock ridiculously legitimate, and this is kind of like a, a, a perfect comparison of the two movies. I mean, these two movies are always going to be compared because they're so close, same lead. 
But yeah, fine. It's totally legitimate. Totally legitimate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is. It is totally ridiculous. It, Excellent. It is absolutely totally ridiculous. It is on the line, and I do love it. But it, I, like you said, I said I it was the best want, worst movie of yeah, all time. I don't want it to be right. I don't either. I don't know why. I don't even know why I care. Yeah. <laughs> but I want it to be ridiculously legitimate. I mean, we, we sh- it's a damn good thing that it fits in this category for all three of us because we've been quoting we this movie been, for yeah. 17 weeks or something just like just that. Just save our ass, as like, as like totally ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that that's it. That's our show today, guys. That wraps it up. Yo, thank you so much. Yeah, you were great. For and being thanks, an incredible guys. guest. Yeah, and thanks for picking the movie. I love yeah. this movie. Yeah, it was thanks. a fun one for us to thanks do. Thanks for enjoying the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was really worried you guys were going to be like, I'm wearing airplanes. Oh my God, they're airplanes. They're airplane that earrings. That is adorable. Because yeah. we did Con Air. That yeah. is genius. <laughs> I was like, what earrings? Oh, I have to wear the airplane earrings. Yeah. Ben, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if the people wanted to find you, uh, where, where can they find you? They can find me online at yell.tv. That's Y A. E-L.TV. Also, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Yell Teagle? Teagle? <laughs> you added a D. I know. What was that? I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, <laughs> There's already enough letters in that last We've name. known each other a while. I don't know. I've been calling you that the whole time. So, uh, this is awkward. That's embarrassing. Very yeah. awkward. Andrew, uh, where would you buy your purple tie? I mean, sorry, where can the people find you? <laughs> you can find me at greatimpersonations.com. No, uh, Improv, can, improv, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Guy G H A I on Twitter. Thank you guys so very much for watching. And if you guys want to find me, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. And one more time, we have Action Movie Anatomy mugs coming. It is your challenge as a fan of the show. Rate us on iTunes with a review. Comment on a YouTube video and recast and recast whatever the episode that you've watched on YouTube. Once you've done that, tweet at any of us to let us know that it's done. And you're there. If you're, if you're the tenth review, you got a mug. It's a sweet Paid mug. for by Action Movie Anatomy on the way to you. Yay. Thank and you guys for coming back. Address. Week after week, we'll see you next week. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.